Hello and welcome to another episode of Hashtag Disruption Dialogues, a Markets and Markets podcast series for growth-minded strategy, market intelligence, and competitive intelligence professionals. Today, our host Pranjal Sharma is in discussion with Thomas Hergett, head China Innovation Hub, Merck Group. Hello and welcome to another episode of Disruption Dialogues. I'm Pranjal Sharma. I'm an author based in New Delhi, and I'm in discussion with Thomas Hergett. Thank you, Thomas, for joining us. Thanks, Pranjal, for having me. We're talking about a very interesting subject of uh, artificial intelligence in cultured meat and also perhaps in food because I think that's the real concept uh, that we have to look at because the future of food looks very very interesting. But can you begin, uh, Thomas, by telling us uh, what what does this whole concept mean? How is food and meat and artificial intelligence? How do they come together? Yeah, that's a pretty interesting question. I mean, you have to understand that we are having close to 8 million people at the moment. We will grow by another 2 billion people within the next 35 years. That means the planet has to feed close to 10 billion people over the next 30 years. And there are huge, huge um, issues in producing enough actually protein. We have enough carbohydrates, but the issue will be proteins. And um, so there are different ways to uh, produce enough proteins to feed the world. And yes, there are plant-based technologies. They are out for many, many years now uh, to substitute meat. There is also something called precision fermentation. And there is what we call cultured meat. We actually produce meat in a bioreactor. It's called cultured meat. It's also called clean meat or um, cell-based meat. Uh, Some people call it lab-based meat, which is not a very good term because you have to understand this meat is not coming out of a lab. It's actually coming out of a, of a bioreactor, of a, of a fermenter, which has a size, you know, from, from breweries. So 20,000 liters, 50,000 liters. So therefore, lab-based meat is, is not a good term for that. So why, um, why we think cultured meat is, is a solution or a help to solve this food problem we are facing. So cultured meat has many, many advantages to um, let's say plant-based and fermentation and, and other technologies. And uh, you may know the development goals from the United Nations, reuse greenhouse gases, provide enough food, reduce water, being uh, sustainable. And we think that this culture and meat, we can help, you know, that we execute on these uh, sustainability development goals. So, I mean, in a nutshell, in general, we need less water, especially if we look into bovine meat, it's less pronounced for chicken and and for fish or other meat and we uh, produce less greenhouse gases actually uh, the production of meat produces roughly 40 percent of greenhouse gases and in agriculture in total 31 percent and it's also healthier and here you have to understand uh, is a problem with zoonotic diseases like uh, over the last 25 years 75 percent of the, the viral diseases of humans are actually coming from, from animals and, and COVID and Ebola are just uh, recent examples. But cultured meat is also healthier for the consumers directly. It has no antibiotics, has less microparticles like uh, microplastic, has less cadmium, for example, if you think of seafood. So it's also healthier for the consumer. And yeah, so we did our analysis <laughs> and we thought, uh, uh, we came to the conclusion uh, that we uh, want to help to accomplish sustainability development goals of the United Nations and that cultured meat is, is one way. But we also, we don't ignore other ways, you know, I mean, there's, as I said, plant-based meat, there's also insects or algae. These are all ways to feed the world with proteins and obviously also the, the conventional meat production. And I think here we are working together 
to solve this issue. And I can, you know, I mean, I can tell you more and more and more <laughs> what is the advantages of, of culture meat, but maybe you uh, address the next question or topic. Yeah. So uh, technology plays an important role because whatever we are discussing, what you're mentioning, it's not possible. What is the new development which is allowing us to move towards this sustainable production? Okay, that's a great question, Panjal. And I think it's quite interesting. We talk a lot of about conversion at the moment. You know that different industries are coming together, and the industries are coming from uh, from meat production, classical, but also a lot of from from actually healthcare knowledge, life science knowledge, and uh, you mentioned it previously um, artificial intelligence. And all those those streams are coming together and support uh, the production of, of cultured meat. Actually, not at the moment, you cannot really buy it, but in future. So, um, okay, for example, let's take a look at Biopharma. Biopharma is having these directors for the production of antibodies or vaccines um, or stem cells. So we know how to grow cells in a bioreactor for, for many, many years. We know what are the, the attributes uh, of the cells, what kind of cell culture media they need. And in addition, we are now looking into artificial intelligence. What we are doing, actually, we are also, my company, we are looking into what we call digital twins. So we want to understand what's going on in a bioreactor. What is the, you know, the temperature? What are the metabolites? What is the pH, glucose, amino acids? And what is the, you know, the speed of the impeller? All these, these attributes will taken into consideration. And we do it in, in two ways. We do it in one way virtually. So we can design experiments virtually with the help of, of digital twins. And we do actual experiments and compare those data and then refine the models. And, and this is, you know, this is what we need actually to optimize the production of cultured meat to make it, you know, economical and that we are able to upscale it. And I mean, to extend a little bit further, even when we talk about digital twins, it's not only the bioreactor. We want to have a virtual bioreactor. Actually, we're also looking to the cell itself. You know, the cell, we know so much about signaling, pathways, metabolism. And this is all to taken into consideration when you want to optimize uh, cultured meat production. You know, uh, one question, uh, Thomas, uh -huh. is, is about the cost because to make an investment into these technologies and the new ways, can it be done on a mass scale? That's the main question because if you want to look at sustainability, it is not about 10 million people, it's maybe about uh, 100 million people. It has to be made in different markets, in different regions. So how will that work out? Yeah, at the moment, we cannot produce it in that amount very clearly. We envision that uh, next year there will be more startups who have the, um, the regulatory to you know, produce it and also to sell it. But it will be sold in, in high price restaurants, it's very clearly. I mean, the, the price at the bean will be very, very high. We think that price comparison in 2030, so another couple of years, and then it may be even cheaper. I mean, you have to think about how electric cars, how, how other technologies with the help of upscaling became uh, more and more affordable. And that's how we see it also with cultured meat. And you are right, I mean, we need many, many investments. So the first startup in the cultured meat area were founded in 2015. Now this year we have 125 uh, startups. So the amount of funding into um, to those startups was 1.5 billion so far. And it's actually increasing. This year, we had already over, just this year alone, we had already over 1 billion. And it's estimated that several more billion actually we need to bring culture meat to the market. So the investments are still, yeah, huge. There is going to be return on investment. 
probably we, we will start 2025. Yeah. But you know, I mean, on the other end, you don't have the crystal ball. The point uh-huh. is that it's not about a return on investment from a financial perspective, but it's a return on investment from a social and environmental perspective. And what you're saying is very important that you have to make a beginning and then slowly it's going to increase and then the momentum will will grow up. I want to understand from you, what is the role of Merck in this? How are you accelerating this process? Yeah, so Merck, um, we have a life science sector, which is called Minipro Sigma in North America. And we support the biotech industry for the last 30 years. So what we do is we produce the cell culture media. So that's actually the broth the cells need to grow their amino acids, their glucose, sugars, other sugars, vitamins, growth factors. We know how to produce those cell culture media. And cell culture media production is a very complex development because there are 50 to 100 compounds in this cell culture media. And it's a fine balance so that the cells are able to grow. In principle, what we want to accomplish is that the cells think they are in a body, they feel happy and they grow and, and divide. And uh, so we, my company, MerkKGA, Darmstadt, Germany, we have knowledge in making those cell culture media for the biopharma industry. And uh, now we adapt this knowledge to the cultured meat industry. So our entry point is really the cell culture media because uh, this is also the cost driver at the moment. Uh, we talked about costs and it's really the um, cell culture media is, is, is the most expensive part. I mean, with automation, it will go down, but at the moment it's, it's really cell culture media and we have a lot of experience. But then we also have experience in bioreactor, we have experience in analytics and our whole life science sector producing or is offering so many products which you can not only use for biopharma but also for the production of cultured meat. How is that working? Potential for artificial intelligence in cultured meat manufacturing is the main point and I would like to understand that do you think that different startups there is probably going to be investment you said in many billions which is coming through different markets with approach it differently do you see that there is a need for a collaboration between startups and the scientists and the developers and maybe even the regulators to make sure that we move in a very strategic way? No, absolutely. And this, what we call consortia you are talking about, there are several already um, existing. We have one consortium which is called Sajab Meat Modeling Consortium where we're working with the digital twins. And again, there are non-profit organizations and uh, startups and, and Merck, we are founding members of that. Then we just uh, started with the Tufts University Cellar Agriculture Consortium. Again, we are startups, investors and um, Merck and also our competitors <laughs> at the same table to, to join forces. It's quite interesting. And um, we just discussed this week in uh, this in the Netherlands, in Europe, also um, a consortium coming up with a similar similar idea. No, you are right. I mean, if we don't put our, our heads together and share knowledge, the launch of culture meat products will be much, much uh, later than the plan. And um, it's, it's interesting, the, the willingness actually to work together because no one can do it on his own. Uh, we have to, to work together. And I think it's the same like 20, 30 years ago when Biopharma was in this situation. It took some time, but then the consortia were established and, and now Biopharma is, you know, I mean, we have wonderful drugs on the market <laughs> because of that. And hopefully the same will happen in uh, culture. I mean, but this consortia are established and more are coming. 
Are there any good success stories that we can uh, discuss that you share with us? Where is some breakthrough where you think that that gives you a lot of positivity and promise about the future? Oh, that's a great question. So, I mean, we spoke about cell culture media and that cell culture media is very expensive because of these uh, complex um, ingredients. So what we are trying, actually, we are trying to see whether we can use ingredients from the food industry. You know, food industry, we buy sodium chloride, we buy sugars, we buy vitamins for human consumption. And the question is whether we can use these food ingredients also for, um, for cell culture media development. And uh, so that we avoid the high price biopharma products. And actually that works. We have very, very good. Uh, so we are working together with, with food companies <laughs> to get cheaper ingredients. And the cells, they grow happily with the expensive uh, biopharma uh, products. That's a nice, uh, nice way. Another way, also me, maybe let's talk a bit about what other companies are doing. They're using hydrolysates. Hydrolysates are, you know, you can use plants, you hydrolyze plant cells to their macromolecules down and uh, cells also can grow with, with those, um, let's say, uh, substitutes. So there are good stories or nice stories how we can reduce the, the cell culture media price. And, you know, we are talking about 1,000 fold or 10,000 fold we have to reduce the price. And, and there, are, there are nice ways how we, uh, we get there. Yeah. My final uh, two points, Thomas, is about, you know, do you think the governments have to now change some of the policies to encourage people to use it yeah you may know that singapore was the first country uh, end of uh, 2020 which allowed the uh, consumption of, of cultured meat singapore it's not surprising because they want to be more autonomous uh, they don't want to import so much food so that you can produce cultured meat uh, with, with a small footprint but also other countries now are looking into it and you see that also countries or, or governments are funding. So this uh, research on culture meat, it's in US and it's in uh, Europe the same. So we expect that um, in US, regulatory will approve culture meat next year and the same in Europe. Maybe one word to conclude this, this topic about um, politics. Uh, China, if you take a look at their 14th five years plan, which was launched uh, nearly a year ago, they clearly say they put in cultured meat actually. So the China government understood that cultured meat is the way, you know, to feed uh, 1.4 billion people without those diseases. And you know that millions of pigs and chicken had to be slaughtered because they were infected in, in China. So food safety is a huge issue for China. And uh, that's for they are investing quite a lot in, in, in China and you see more and more startups. So here, clear uh, tailwind from, from the China government. And China government could actually be really one of the first uh, countries where you will eat cultured meat on a regular basis. Thank you, Thomas. I think that's a very good discussion to understand where we are headed. Uh, as you said, the important piece is about collaboration and it's about creating a consortium, not just in the industry, but also uh, with the developers, the scientists and the technology experts to come together for a common cause. Yeah, absolutely. Nice summary. <laughs> so thank you, everybody who was listening in. I was in conversation with uh, Thomas Erget. He's the head Silicon Valley and China Innovation Hub at uh, Merck Group. Thank you for joining us and please stay tuned for more such interesting dialogues on Disruption Dialogues. Thanks, Prada. Goodbye.
Thank you for listening to Hashtag Disruption Dialogues. If you are a strategy or market intelligence professional, we invite you to join our community on LinkedIn, Hashtag Disruption Dialogues.